Section 81 of Young Folks Treasury, Volume 3, edited by Hamilton Wright, maybe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Mrs. Marjorie Two-Shoes, The Case of Mrs. Marjorie. Mrs. Marjorie was always doing good, and thought she could never sufficiently gratify those who had done anything to serve her. These generous sentiments naturally led her to consult the interest of Mr. Grove and the rest of her neighbours, and as most of their lands were meadow, and they depended much on their hay, which had been for many years greatly damaged by the wet weather, she contrived an instrument to direct them when to mow their grass with safety, and prevent their hay being spoiled. They all came to her for advice, and by that means got in their hay without damage, while most of that in the neighbouring village was spoiled. This occasioned a very great noise in the country, and so greatly provoked were the people who resided in the other parishes, that they absolutely sent old Gaffer Goosecap, a busy fellow in other people's concerns, to find out evidence against her. The wiseacre happened to come to her school when she was walking about with a raven on one shoulder, a pigeon on the other, a lark on her hand, and a lamb and a dog by her side, which indeed made a droll figure, and so surprised the man that he cried out, A witch! A witch! A witch! Upon this she laughingly answered, A conjurer! A conjurer! A conjurer! And so they parted, but it did not end thus, for a warrant was issued out against Mrs. Marjorie, and she was carried to a meeting of the justices. At the meeting one of the justices, who knew little of life and less of the law, behaved very idly, and, though nobody was able to prove anything against her, asked who she could bring to her character. "'Who can you bring against my character, sir?' says she. "'There are people enough who would appear in my defence, were it necessary, but I never supposed that any one here could be so weak as to believe that there was any such thing as a witch. If I am a witch, this is my charm.' And, laying a barometer or weather-glass on the table, "'It is with this,' says she, "'that I have taught my neighbour to know the state of the weather.' All the company laughed, and Sir William Dove, who was on the bench, asked her accusers how could they be such fools as to think there were any such thing as a witch. After this, Sir William inveighed against the absurd and foolish notions which the country people had imbibed concerning witches and witchcraft, and having proved that there was no such thing, but that all were the effects of folly and ignorance, he gave the court such an account of Mrs. Marjorie and her virtue, good sense, and prudent behaviour, that the gentlemen present were enamoured with her, and returned her public thanks for the great service she had done the country. One gentleman in particular, I mean Sir Charles Jones, had conceived such a high opinion of her that he offered her a considerable sum to take care of his family and the education of his daughter, which, however, she refused. But this gentleman, sending for her afterward, when he had a dangerous fit of illness, she went, and behaved so prudently in the family, and so tenderly to him and his daughter, that he would not permit her to leave his house, but soon after made her proposals of marriage she was truly sensible of the honour he intended her but though poor she would not consent to be made a lady till he had effectually provided for his daughter for she told him that power was a dangerous thing to be trusted with and that a good man or woman would never throw themselves into the road of temptation all things being settled and the day fixed the neighbours came in crowds to see the wedding for they were all glad that one who had been such a good little girl and was become such a virtuous and good woman was going to be made a lady but just as the clergyman had opened his book a gentleman richly dressed ran into the church and cried stop stop 
this greatly alarmed the congregation particularly the intended bride and bridegroom whom he first accosted and desired to speak with them apart after they had been talking some little time the people were greatly surprised to see sir charles stand motionless and his bride cry and faint away in the stranger's arms this seeming grief however was only a prelude to a flood of joy which immediately succeeded for you must know gentle reader that this gentleman so richly dressed was that identical little boy whom you before saw in the sailor's habit in short it was mrs marjorie's brother who was just come from sea where he had after a desperate engagement taken a rich prize and hearing as soon as he landed of his sister's intended wedding had rode post to see that a proper settlement was made on her which she was now entitled to as he himself was both able and willing to give her an ample fortune they soon returned to the communion table and were married in tears but they were tears of joy end of section eighty one